0: The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James
1: Payne. Welcome back to Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I am Marissa Q. Payne.
2: And I am Dr. James Payne. And we are delighted that you're with us for another episode of Life, Love, and Leadership.
1: Yes. So
2: listen, we have a topic today that we're really excited about. We're going to be talking about compromise. How do you get to agreement uh, when you're disagreeing with your spouse? How do you How do you find compromise, middle ground, something you both can live with? Oh, this ought to be good. It ought to be good. We've had a lot of experience in trying to navigate compromise and trying to get to compromise in our own lives. So it will definitely be a good show topic today, and we're excited that you're here for it. But before we kind of get into that, I really want to know what's on your mind, Mrs. Payne, kind of what, what you've been dealing with in your life, kind of what's been going on in your head and what you've been thinking about. Uh, what's on your mind is kind of like our current event segment. It's always interesting uh, what's churning in that pretty little head
1: of yours. <laughs> What is churning in Marissa's head this week? Uh, I want to give a shout out to parents and caregivers of toddlers. Mm. That's what's on my mind this week. (laughs) I'm recuperating from uh, babysitting my two year old niece, who is adorable. Oh my gosh! We, I mean, she's the only niece that I have, so of course I think she's amazing. Uh, But wow. That was something. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first time I've had her overnight and for a full day. And I promise, like, I have so much more respect for early childhood educators, stay at home moms. I, I, yeah, I think it it's been a long time since we have had someone that young and I, I might've forgot.
2: Definitely. It's been a while since we had somebody that small to uh, kind of care for. She is so active. and <laughs> I think it's just the activity that you always have to be on the move, on the run, watching out for this or that just super, super, super active.
1: Like seriously. And I, I think that we can have a conversation about how children affect relationships mm. for real. Mm. Um, but Oh my gosh, like, I she wakes up at like six o'clock in the morning and I think by the time you got up at like nine, I couldn't believe it was only nine o'clock in the morning. Like it had been. I mean, like she it's I had it was it was it was a lot. Just, you know, breakfast and diapers and just you know she's just busy and it's adorable but i'm like she's verbal now so she called my name like 85 million times in those first three hours like tt yes baby what are you doing uh watching tv baby Watching TV, yes, baby. <laughs> TT, yes, baby. What are you doing? I'm just
2: like. Wow. Well, see, I wanted to give you guys that time to kind of bond and get to know each other and, <laughs> and hang out because I know you've been waiting so long to have a niece, and now you got one. So
1: right, and you're always like, "Oh, we need to get TT, baby. We need to get TT, baby." But you're like fair weather. You're like there for like literally five minutes, cuckoo, cuckoo, and then you're gone. Not true. It's <laughs> <Just> <laughs> that's like... bogus. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think it's funny because, like I said, it's been a while since we've had children that young. Mm-hmm. But what do you think about do you think children affect relationships? Mm-hmm. And uh, if so, how?
2: Well, I think children can definitely affect relationships um, in that there's a tendency for uh, one or both partners to kind of turn uh, their time and attention. And, and it's needed uh toward the uh, children, uh, but often they're turning away from their, their partner, their spouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's important to always kind of keep the relationship front and center uh, because it's the relationship that made the kid possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so really, really keeping that relationship front and center uh, is important. Otherwise it's possible to go through your lifetime, raising the kids Uh, But you you have to understand the kids came to leave. They didn't come to stay. Mm. And so you can go through your whole life raising your kids and then they'd leave and you're looking across the table from a stranger that you have not really engaged for years. And it's like, who are you? (laughs) And yeah, yeah, so they can absolutely affect relationships.
1: So how do you keep them from taking over your relationship?
2: Uh, I think you have to work at your relationship, working to make sure that you guys stay romantic, that you stay engaged as a couple. Uh, That you stay uh, engaged as boyfriend, girlfriend, that you still just kind of keep that fire burning between the two of you that has nothing to do uh, with the kids. It can't only be exclusively about uh, being business partners, managing school tuition and bills and that sort of thing, uh, but definitely keeping the the blaze burning in your relationship about who the two of you are.
1: Okay, but back to this two year old. So I mean that sounds good, but like when I don't like like she's completely dependent and it's like for everything and you know I tried to do the you know because I was working I thought I was working from home I realized that under no circumstance was I working from home I was working from nap maybe like when she took her nap was when I could actually do some work but for the most part like it's a full-time job and that was just one so when you have multiples you know, you're t- it's you're tired and it's a lot of work. So, yeah, I mean, you have to be
2: strategic about it. And we're not processing this from a theoretical perspective. We've done this. So you you have to be <laughs> strategic about it. You, How do we do? You, you, you have to. Well, the, the, so that we're, we're empty nest ish.
1: Yeah. Which is uh, a whole nother kid continuum.
2: Yeah. We're empty nest ish. And I still like you. You still like me. <laughs> And so
1: you're saying we did okay? I think we did okay. (laughs) I think
2: we did okay, but you have to be strategic about it. You know, there are definitely services that you can plug into, babysitting services uh, in your area that will support uh, you having the time and space and grace to spend time with your boo and your special person uh, to get out and do things. But just being very, very thoughtful and strategic about it. Yes, they take a lot of time. Yes, they're busybodies. Yes, yes, two year olds (laughs) are, you know, difficult to, to deal with. But Uh, they cannot consume your life. You cannot allow that to happen. And so I think just being strategic about how you engage to make sure that your fire uh, is burning is important.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I think toddlers is one area, and then like school age is another season. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about dropping off our kids for college, and they're gone, and then they come back in the summer and like take over the house, take over your life, and now they're gone again. So it's like a lot of adjusting, um, and I think now a lot of couples are actually choosing not to have kids. Mm. Um, or, you know, there, you know, are families and couples that, you know, struggle with infertility. You know, I think that there are a lot of relationship dynamics that come into play, um, when you think about children. Um, and it's, it's, uh, I think the romance and the, um, having the relationship and making sure there's still an us mm-hmm. outside of them mm-hmm. matters. Um, but I also think that there's a lot to be learned, Um, From, you know, what it takes to actually manage successfully children, blended families, little people, big people, all of that, like the skill sets that you use um, to do that. Can also apply to your relationship. So I think about um, it actually in business, I call it energy management. Mm. You know, like I said, once I realized how much of my attention she actually was going to take, like sending her to the trash can and she might make a beeline to the bathroom on the way if I wasn't paying attention, you know, like I had to actually give her my energy and my attention. And so, yes, children may take your energy, but you do have the power or control over how you manage that energy. And you have to be strategic about that so that first things first and remains first things first to some extent. So, you know, what I learned was that you can learn a lot from a toddler. <laughs>
2: yeah, you definitely can learn a lot from a
1: toddler. You know, time management, delegation, prioritization, negotiation, strategy. Wow. Um, in business, in relationship, and in life, love, and leadership. Wow. All from my two-year-old Nisi Poo. <laughs> love
2: the tie-in. I think what I got from uh, the experience, although I started my experience with her a little later than you did because I slept in and kind of let you adjust, <laughs> um, was
1: was basically babysitting That's after. why she hugs me first when she you sees me. You know what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> she did do that one time. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you still feel good about that. I'm glad you do. Uh, But what I learned, seriously, is that babysitting after 40 is a contact sport. (laughs) So dress accordingly. (laughs) Because... The struggle is real. The struggle is real. I think we have a tendency to really be meticulous about, you know, how um, we raise our kids and, and mm. kind of thinking about their best interests and always kind of thinking about the next play. OK, what's next for them mm. uh, and really being thoughtful and strategic and how we plan their their next move.
1: Oh, my goodness. That's and so, so true.
2: it's so important that you also bring that energy uh, and intellect into your relationship as well. In the yep. same way that you're strategic about your kids, you got to be strategic about your relationship. As well.
1: Woo. Yeah, I mean, I saw where you were going with that. Like, like. I planned, you know, I thought about their education and their extracurricular activities, how much media they consumed. And, um, you know, I mean, I was just really, really thoughtful about, you know, what meals they ate mm-hmm. and all of that. And if you apply, like you said, that same kind of strategy and attention to detail to your relationship, mm. Oh, my goodness. Like and and it's so easy because they kind of come in and take over and become the priority. And then your partner. Right. Kind of takes a back burner because they're the grown up. They don't need that attention anymore. Mm. It's like the 80 20 rule. Right. But um, they are actually 80 percent of your support system and making that family possible or making that um, the other part of your life you know or the um, the part outside of your children um, you know giving that part meaning and fulfillment and if you don't water that flower it will die absolutely yeah, yeah
2: you two are the nucleus so we got to make sure we keep that tight that's good.
1: So we are going to move on cautiously (laughs) to the fight of the week. Tiptoe in this space. (laughs) Our fight of the week this week is about what I have titled Mansplaining. Mm, Mansplaining. Well, you know what? Is that a real word or? Yes, it's a real word. It's a real thing. I know it's your favorite topic, but it really happened. Okay, so let let me let the listeners and subscribers in on the story first, because you look like you about ready to go in already. Can can, can I ask before you go into the story, can you please
2: (sighs) define and just kind of define what is mansplaining?
1: So, for you, Dr. Payne, I looked it up, okay? And <laughs> <laughs> Merriam Webster defines mansplaining as to explain something to a woman in a condescending way that assumes she has no knowledge about the topic. Mm. Dictionary.com explains it as to mansplain is for a man to explain something to a woman in a condescending manner. Mm-hmm. So those definitions marry each other. Okay. But I like this, particularly when the woman is an expert in the subject. All Interesting. Right? Yes. Do you, you, you need any more qualifiers before I share or bring the listeners in on the scenario? I will allow those two to ride. <laughs> So I'm going to need y'all help. I could tell you that already. Right. So let me set the scene, ladies and gentlemen, because, like I said, I have a feeling you're going to have to ref this conversation. We are definitely going to need your input. Um, So this was one of the things that was like a two out of 10 for me. So ultimately, I think we just I just dropped it. We just dropped it. Um, But I definitely want to hear what people think about it. Um, You can join the conversation as usual at SuccessfulMarriages.org or swing over to the post on Facebook and share your thoughts. So anyway, here's the scene. You were in your recliner doing your thing, and I have been working on the calendar, um, speaking of children, and I have been working on kind of the fall calendar and figuring out how we were going to get the kids back to college and all that jazz. And uh, I shared with you that we had some conflicts around getting our son back to school, that there was something going on the day before and the day after. And we were going to either have to make a change in one of those conflicts or um, just having to do something different because we needed to book our flight. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I had thoughts about it. I was like, I think we can do a flight up, you know, the morning of and come back the same day. You were like, oh, I really want to stay. And I was like, yeah, but these are the consequences. And so then out of nowhere, or what seemed like out of nowhere to me, you say, oh, the flights are cheap. We should book our flight today. And I was like, yes, (laughs) as we've been discussing, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I need to know what you want to do so that we can book the flight. And I said, you're totally mansplaining right now. You said You weren't mansplaining. You were just telling me about the price.
2: Exactly. So if anybody heard what she just described, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) uh, She was talking through a time conflict, so we had a schedule conflict on uh, that were bookends, uh, and our son needed to get back to college in the middle. So we had a conflict the day before, conflict day after, and you know. So she just did it again, by the way. (laughs)
1: Literally just told them that. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) But let me get my tea. Don't keep going. Get your tea. So
2: that was the issue. And so she's talking through how we work through this conflict. I bring up, okay, a price component. So I say, okay, the prices are great now. Let's go ahead and book today. So I'm talking <laughs> about pricing. You're talking about scheduling. Actually, that cannot be I explainer. was talking about booking the flight. Right. But you were talking about it in a context of the schedule. I was talking about it in context to the pricing. So it's the same conversation, but different elements. You get that? No. (laughs) No, I don't. I think you're just being difficult for the sake of being difficult. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think that's mansplaining. You correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Uh, Yeah. So as I mentioned, this is short fight of the week because (laughs) that is as simple as it gets. But I definitely want to hear from you all. What do you think? Is that mansplaining or is it... um, Early on site. Oh my God! Onset of dementia, or like, what is it? I it maybe it's not like textbook mansplaining. Oh, I know what it is. I know what oh, it is.
2: Oh gosh! Maybe it's you.
1: <laughs> I know what it is. Mystery solved. Maybe it's just you. Help me. Help. <laughs> Help me. Somebody. I got it.
2: We we don't have to search no more mystery solved. It's you.
1: I I can't do it. (laughs) So, like I said, we didn't really resolve this one per se, but I definitely have some thoughts about how we moved on. Mm. And, you know, I'd love to continue the conversation in social spaces with um, our listeners and subscribers, but ultimately what happened and what I know for sure, like we've been having this mansplaining conversation for for, Centuries. (laughs) centuries. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> and we probably will never agree, you know, on it necessarily. And so, um ultimately what I wanted was to book a flight that day. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to book a flight that day. Mm-hmm. And so we could spend time on the semantics, right, of right. whether or not right. that was mansplaining, whether or not you were being whatever or if I was being whatever. Or we could just book a flight, right? Exactly. Because we both wanted the same thing. So you attack the problem or you attack the person. Right. Um, And, uh, you know, one of the things we uh, go back to a lot with the research of um, John Gottman, like we've talked about before, is that 69% Mm. of marriage problems are are unsolvable, Resolvable. unresolvable, mm-hmm. right. Or perpetual. I think he says perpetual. We say unresolvable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so this is kind of one of those things like we are never probably ever going to agree on whether or not something is mansplaining or not, you know, cause you still don't even believe it's a thing right. for starters. And, and we don't have to, like, it's not that's not even the point. Right. And so I
2: I couldn't agree more. I think the large issue that you really want to take on as a couple that we take on as a couple is kind of what's the consequence of the decision? You know, Mm -hmm. what's the consequence of of what's going on here? Uh, If it's relatively insignificant, Mm -hmm. play through it, (laughs) play through the contact, make the left handed layup. These are sports references. Uh,
1: I wish I could see my face. I'm just like, (laughs) what?
2: (laughs) The All world. the guys got it, though. Or the sports people. Or the sports people. Because it could be women. That, you're right.
1: See what I'm saying? Pray All for the me. time.
2: Pray for me. <laughs> I'm the reason that God made grace. Thank you, Kirk Franklin, for that line. I'm the reason why God made grace. There you go.
1: Fight of the week, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot wait to continue the conversation in social spaces.
2: Yes, sir. So today we're going to be dealing with compromise and how to get to the middle in your relationship when you're both on opposite ends. Uh, So three keys to finding positive compromise in your relationship. I think the first key, uh, sweetie, is this, that you have to listen to understand and to seek to understand your partner's viewpoint. What do you think Mm. about that?
1: I think that that is very important. (laughs) It's critical. I think there's a big difference. I, I, I mean, it's subtle, but I think it's like... I say it all the time, like it's simple, but it's not easy mm. um, because especially if you're, if there's a need for a compromise, like typically you have an opinion or an agenda or a perspective that is different from what your partner's is. Mm-hmm. And you've probably talked about it already. And you know that you disagree. And I hear this a lot. I already know what he going to say, mm. right. Or I already know what she's going to say. And so that, Sort of puts up a wall or a barrier in your ability to actually hear what they actually say right? right. Um, and or what they're actually communicating.
2: That's so good, baby, because, you know, that happens a lot, especially when there's high conflict and argument. And you, you you, thinking you're trying to get to compromise, but you really just listening long enough to hear what they're going to say so you can get your point in. Right. Because you already know what they're going to say. Yes. But- and I, we have had so many occasions where we have been trying to get to uh, compromise through conflicting conversation. And uh, she will be making a point and I will blurt out what I think she's going to say. Just. No, and you're not even going there.
1: Well, no, no, no. <laughs> Listen. No,
2: no, no. I'm saying, oh. and you're not going there in terms of that conversation.
1: Right. Like, well, you'll you said you'll blurt out what you think I'm gonna say, and you'll blurt out an answer to what you thought I was saying. Mm-hmm. And I'll sit there and I'm just like, Did you hear what I said? Like those that's not no, what I said.
2: I didn't hear it because when I'm at my most angriest, I'm at my most stupidest. <laughs>
1: So no, exactly. Didn't it, you know. So yes, I think listening to understand is a skill that has to be learned, that has to be practiced, right? And that when you are doing that, you are literally you're, you're setting your agenda aside so that you can actually hear. Mm what's being communicated and what's being said and you verify or, that, that you've heard that and mm. make sure that your partner knows that you heard that so that you all are talking about the same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you can be having a conversation, talking at each other, but having completely different conversations when you don't really understand what's being communicated by the other person. So I'm like, that's simple, but it's rich.
2: Yeah. Simple, but hard to do. And I think it's just interesting.
1: I don't think it's. Well, I mean, I interrupted you. Let me let you listen. If you think
2: it's if you
1: think it's. Well, I was just going to say, I don't I mean, I think it's hard I don't think it's hard. I think you have to learn it. Hmm. You know, like ABCs are hard to a two-year-old or a one-year-old, but they're easy to a five-year-old once they learn them and once they get in the habit of doing it. So the competency
2: is hard to anyone who has not yet ascended to that level of learning. Say it. So it's about competency training and expanding the competency. So you mentioned age. We have counseled folks in their 70s Mm -hmm. who did not have certain Levels of competency with relating well to one another. So don't get lost in the age, the age is inconsequential. Right. Yeah, the H doesn't matter at all. But all I was going to add to kind of close that first one out was that the Bible does not say he who has a mouth, let him speak. (laughs) But it says he who has an ear, let him hear. In other words, it's stressing the importance of hearing and listening and being able to process and contextualize. So that's critical. Yeah, that's critical. Uh, The second one is uh, seeking a win-win, making sure that both people are working together so both experience at least some of what they want. Uh, when there is a winner and a loser, it drains the relationship. So anytime you have a winner and a loser on opposite sides in your relationship, the relationship always lose it. So you can win whatever it was you were working to compromise on and still lose in a relationship. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I was trying to think of an example and of what I'm trying to get a feel for what it means to lose in mm-hmm. this win-win scenario or mm-hmm. like, you know, when when you don't get what you want, does that mean you lose? So like um, when we travel, for example, especially if it's been, like, you know, a full day and we're getting in, the moment we get in town, you are ready to go. Like, you're ready to see a city and, you know, get out, go shopping, just do anything. And I am, like, ready to relax. I want to take a bath. Mm -hmm, I just want to, like... You know, and then maybe the next day, then I'll be ready for like the agenda. But on the day we arrive or whatever, I'm usually tired and I just want to, you know, it's probably I probably had to do a lot to get lead up to that day. I just want to chill. Right. Right. So in your win win scenario, um, if we do what you want to do, does that mean that I lost? Or if we do what I want to do, does that mean that you lost? No, I don't necessarily think uh,
2: it means that I win or you lose. Um, I think what it what it means is we kind of compromise. So I think the issue there is we both enjoy spending time with one another. Mm-hmm. And so when we get into the hotel and you know we're there, you kind of want to unwind and relax and whatnot. Uh, And as you mentioned, uh, I want to go immediately because I have this FOMO thing and I need to get out and see what is going on in this city. uh, What kind of Nikes y'all got? (laughs) And all this kind of stuff, because I love to get out and shop and explore new places. And so I I, I think, you know, uh, how it works for us is just really trying to say, okay, well, this is what I want to do. This is uh, kind of how you'll find your energy. Uh, And I think we just kind of explore that you meet us thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Uh. it it, it kind of does tell into you may stay in uh, and take a a bath and just kind of relax and you'll release me to, to go out and just explore.
1: I got you. So that's that really is a win win mm-hmm. So Best even though, you know, we're doing different things, in that case, it's still a win-win. It's not, I didn't lose anything Correct. because... Yeah, because it, it worked for me and it worked for you.
2: Now, I think the loss may be uh, if I manipulated you or forced your hand, so to speak, oh. to come out with me or you invertly, uh forced my hand or manipulate me to stay in. Now, I'm sitting there sucking on sour grapes because I'm mad looking out the window like a two year
1: old, you know, all oh, what's going on outside and vice versa for you. Got it. So you want to get to a place where it doesn't feel manipulated, like you said, or like feel like you were forced to do it or something like that, that it was a decision that you made by choice and you're okay. You can live with the decision, you know, knowing that next time we'll do it this way or whatever. You know, something simple could be like, where are we eating for lunch or what are we having for dinner? I might want Chinese, you might want Mexican. So, okay, we do Mexican today. Next week we'll do Chinese. Right. Win-win. In theory, now in our relationship, Ladies and gentlemen, she picks the restaurant ninety nine percent of the time. Stop it! Okay, all right, you know what? What don't. That's not what percentage? Now that's ninety nine percent. That is not true. Do you not know what ninety nine percent is? If I got to pick the restaurant ninety nine percent of the time, we you would never eat. This is not true. This is so true because <laughs> you. You would never eat. I call bogus. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Our palates are not the same. So I know that's why I'm
2: always in these restaurants trying to adjust like, geez, OK, what can I eat here? So in those instances, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily feel that I lost because I prioritize just hanging out with you. And I, you know, I can appreciate the fact that you know you have stretched my palate so much that I try to. I just trust you, and I let you influence me in the food department because I've started to eat so many amazing entrees (laughs) as a result of just kind of dining with you. I mean, I I, I tell you, when we now we hooked up, we were very young when we when we got together.
1: Dishes, not entrees. That could just, I mean, by in and of itself, the fact that you call it an entree. But whatever, you were saying, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Thank sorry. you very much. No, you I didn't. I'm saying, playing. Oh. Um, <laughs> said when we were young. When we were
2: young, obviously our palette was fairly basic and whatnot. And you know, I am a creature of habit, so I'm a creature of routine. And I find something I like.
1: My palette has always been more advanced than your palette.
2: I mean, if you just need to say that. <laughs> <I'm> just- <laughs> anyway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, you know, my palate has been, was very, very basic. And, uh, you know, I, I like the same thing over and over and over again. And, you know, this wild liberal, I'm going to go back to that, <laughs> would always be talking about, hey, let's try this. Let's, let's try... try
1: Applebee's. Literally, <laughs> Listen, it happened. It was he revolutionary resisted. at the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and these this was years ago, but it was revolutionary at the time. <laughs> Uh, and so, allowing you to add that influence in my life has turned out to be pretty phenomenal, so pretty yummy, right? Pretty yummy, so I'm cool with that ninety nine percent it works <laughs> it works for us,
1: yeah, and I think um, I think the difference is, like you said, the difference between win win and then when there's a winner and a loser is really just being honest mm. right, and transparent. So sometimes you're okay with compromising, and sometimes you really just want. Lee's chicken. Mm. And if you are a 10 out of 10 and and you need Lee's chicken today, then you need to say that because if you really want Lee's chicken and we end up at sushi, you're going to be bitter, right? Complaining during dinner or can't find anything, right? The attitude will be off. So that's where you lose. And so you need to say like, I really, really want chicken Like I have to have chicken for lunch today. And, you know, so then I can decide if I'm willing to do chicken. And if not, I get sushi, you get chicken. That's the win win. But don't like not share what you really want Mm. is how people end up losing and you have, you know, challenges.
2: Absolutely. So always engage and speak your truth and make sure that you're honest across the board. With, uh, with your spouse. The third thing to keep in mind is to keep the issue front and center. I think a lot of times in relationships when you're trying to get to a place of compromise and it's difficult to do so, there's a tendency to kind of dive down some rabbit holes that have nothing to do with what it is you're trying to resolve or trying to get to in terms of compromise or what you actually want. Uh, you just kind of see it as a, as a battle tool so to speak. Mm. So keeping the issue front and center uh, as opposed to attacking the person just working to attack the problem uh, and making sure that you're addressing the problem. What do you say to that?
1: Yeah, I agree. It's about the problem, not the person. And um, really identifying that so that uh, we talked about this in the episode where we talked about criticism um, and really going to what you need and what you want or what you desire versus what they aren't. Or what their motives are, or why they're doing something, um, all of that stuff. So, you know, the issue is, I want Chinese, you want sushi, Um, not you're never flexible, right? You always want the same thing, Mm. which is true. (laughs) Yes. But at the moment, the issue is Chinese or sushi. So focus on, you know, uh, Stephen Covey says the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main the thing. main thing, um, and it's ne- you know it's not the person because that's going to take a withdrawal from your love bank. Absolutely. Cool.: So there's a question uh, from a listener this week, and it was pointed to you. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so convinced. Um, it says, dear Dr. Payne, my daughter saw my wife and I get into a big fight and now I feel like she's disconnected from me. How do I get her confidence back?
2: It's hmm. a great question. Um, and I, it just kind of raises some other questions, because I, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is just trying to understand the uh, age uh, of the daughter. Mm. Um, trying to understand also um, the extent of the fight. Uh, because when you use fight in, in my world, that can mean from zero to a hundred. So mm-hmm. uh, does, does that just refer to elevated tone? Does that refer to uh, uh, language uh, that's inappropriate? Uh, just kind of, Does that refer to throwing plates and cups and knives at each other does that refer to fisticuffs Mm -hmm. uh and so uh, i I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is just a a lot of additional questions about uh what you are contextualizing to be a fight okay Mm -hmm. because it it can it's a wide range
1: well it says big fight and and um so it was big enough to them Mm -hmm. that it's you know, to the listener, that it's a big fight mm-hmm. by their definition. And the daughter is old enough where it was impactful enough where she would be disconnected. So to me, you know, she's an older child, I would say, or maybe a teenager. I don't know. Mm. Um, but I would, you know, I think under, we, let's make those assumptions sure. and talk about it from that vantage point.
2: Sure. So I think a couple of things. I think the the first thing that you have to do uh... is to uh... have conversation so i think uh, words are powerful. And mm-hmm. so I think it's important to uh, have a conversation uh, with the daughter about what she uh, experienced and really work to bridge the gap. Uh, because if he's talking about a disconnect, uh, then a bridge needs to be built. So anytime uh, there is uh, space in between what you expected and what you experience, mm-hmm. there's a, a gulf that needs to be, uh, 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 there's that gulf that's created. And so you need a bridge to kind of uh, carry that person over from what they expected to what they experienced to kind of get them back, uh, get them back with you. Uh, And so I think a conversation is important and really working uh, to hear her heart, uh, what her experience was, uh, working to reassure her that um, conflict is normal, natural. Perhaps the way that conflict played out was not ideal. Uh, and so I think expressing uh, regret, ex- uh, uh, emoting, which is something that, you know, we don't necessarily as men often, always do, but making sure that we, uh, that, that that you emote in that situation and are honest with her uh, about how you feel, kind of where you may have dropped the ball mm-hmm. uh, and, and really just uh, seeking her clarity of understanding and seeking her, uh, her, her forgiveness.
1: Yeah, I I think saying I'm sorry goes a long way, mm-hmm. you know, um, even if it's to our children. Um, and I know one of the things that was really important to me, um, you know, in our relationship, if we had, you know, a disagreement in front of the kids or I said something to you, you know, that was less than stellar or vice versa in front of them. I always felt like it was important that they um, heard us say I'm sorry to each other Mm -hmm. um, and that we did it to them, you know, express that to them as well, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, they knew and heard us say, hey... This happened, like you said. Um, I lost my cool, mm-hmm. um, and I said some things that I shouldn't have said. That I know better. That's not the best way I should respond. Sure, my mommy didn't get it right this time, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry about that.
2: And I think that does a, a few things. It it humanizes you, yeah, uh, and it it helps them to understand that you are a person. Uh, you're human. You make mistakes, but you're also uh, responsible enough, caring enough thoughtful enough self- aware enough to be able to circle back uh, and correct and speak to when you have missed the mark so I think if, if the if the kid has experienced uh, the chaos; they should also experience the calm, mm-hmm. and they should also have an opportunity to to be brought into uh, that that component of the story. Yeah, as Yeah, because well. it can
1: be really confusing mm-hmm. otherwise if you don't. Like if they see this, you know, sort of um, disruptive pattern, and then you know, next there everything is all lovey-dovey and nothing happened in between. You know, for a child, there we are always teaching them about what relationship looks like, healthy relationship, and they're learning from us, not from what we say, but from what we do. Absolutely. And so if it's kind of up and down, like we're training them that this is what good marriage, good relationship looks like. And so, you know, again, you don't have to be perfect by any stretch, but it is important that if you misstep That you provide the guidance um, and have honest dialogue about it so that they can take that perspective and add it to what they're observing. You know, ultimately, kids do what we see, what they see and not what we say. mostly. But you can at least have some opportunity to influence it. Absolutely. And so on that note, I think we're going to call it an episode. Apparently our children in relationships episode, which we weren't necessarily planning, but we started with toddlers and ended with tweens or teens we're not sure but mm-hmm. um, looking forward to hearing from you all and continuing the conversation in social spaces thank you so much for listening remember we're a new podcast so if you're enjoying please do us a favor and subscribe that tells other people that this is a podcast worth listening to um, share it with your friends and family and we look forward to talking more on social media see you soon take care guys
0: this is life love and leadership The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages. Connect with us. Find us and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.